0: It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Let's get out of here! Aye. Hey everybody, it's Aaron from God A Minute. I do, oh, blah, blah, blah. Hey everybody, it's Aaron from God A Minute. We are waiting for the soon rapture of the church. I'm just hanging out outside. And as Tom from the uh, Washburn River would say, go grab yourself a snack. Maybe a bite to eat, maybe a, a cucumber or a burger or some ribs. Relax. And I'm just going to go through some scripture right now and talk about the rapture and talk about second coming, but particularly uh, the connection about King David and Jesus and, and how it all ties in. So moving forward, what I want people to remember, especially for the next, if we're here for months, I don't know if we are or not, but months or even the next year, I'm not quite sure. I'm not saying that we're going to be here for that long, but this genealogy of King David and Jesus is so significant that for me, it's now replaced what we used to, we used to really hinge our bets on the the fig tree generation. Now this thing with King David is, it's replacing it in my mind for me. This is so significant, this King David thing and the fact that he died in around 971 B.C. So, I'm going to show you this chart real quick. And, um, can you see it okay? But basically, King David died around 971 B.C. And that is approximately 3,000 years from 2030. And if Jesus died in 30 A.D., then that means he died 2,000 years before 2030. And is 2030 the second coming? We it's still a potential. It's it's we we're still in in play here, even 2031. If it even we we could stretch it out to there, depending on you know how a lot of things work out. But you know same thing with King David parallel Jesus in in that we've got a 30, 40, and a 70, where we have uh, King David starting his reign in when he was 30, dying when he was 70, so he reigned for 40 years. If King Jesus died on the cross in 30 AD, and then the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, we've got a very similar parallel there with a 30, 40, and 70. But I've got basically 30 bullet points that I wanted to share with Scripture and just bounce around the Bible a little bit and do a study with you and just explain the parallels and the significance of King David and uh, and our King Jesus, who will be bringing in uh, the kingdom very soon. And uh, so, let's start with this, Matthew 1 verse 1 we've got the identity of Jesus being clarified throughout all the Gospels, and some of these verses I'll repeat, because the Gospels repeat it. But in Matthew 1, verse 1, we have the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, right off the bat, the first verse in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, the son of David. The first two names listed in the New Testament Jesus Christ and the son of David David is a huge prophetic piece to this whole puzzle and here we go it's it's smack dab right in the first verse of the New Testament Jesus Christ the son of David what is one of the last verses in the New Testament the last reference person It's Revelation 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So, first point, Matthew 1, is Jesus Christ. He is the son of David. Second point is Revelation 22, verse 16, the root and the offspring of David. Point number three: Who opens the scrolls? Revelation five verse five. But one of the elders said to me, "Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll." So Matthew one one, Jesus, the Son of David. Revelation twenty two verse sixteen, the root and offspring of David, who opens the scroll, the line of Judah, the root of David. Number four the Church of Philadelphia what do they get these things says he who is holy he who is true he who has the key of David he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens well what does this church in particular what is the verse Revelation 3 10 because you have kept my command to preserve I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth this is talking about the key of David to the church of Philadelphia. So if we go back to Matthew now and go through the New Testament, more or less in order of when we see David, in the genealogy of David, isn't it amazing that in Matthew chapter 1, it says that Jesse begot David, the king. Only David is mentioned to be the king in the genealogy of Matthew, which means there is a very significant thing with David. Um, it doesn't say that Solomon was the king. After David, it just says David was the king in Matthew 1, six, And then at the end of the genealogy list in Matthew one seventeen, it basically it goes it jumps 14 generations, Abraham to David, to the time of the captivity, to Jesus Christ. Again, highlighting how significant David is. So, um, and why is this significant? Because David died 3,000 years before 2030. So, um, I think it's all tying together now. All this, all the scriptures are really tying together for such a time. The next point I wanted to say was, this is point 7 in my notes, that, this is Matthew 1 verse 20, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. So Joseph is classified as a son of David now. Joseph's immediate father was not David. It says it was Jacob here in verse 16, but in verse 20, Joseph, son of David. Everything traces back to David. David was so significant to everybody at this time because everybody knew that the Messiah was going to come through the seed of David, as we'll we'll discuss as we go on here. Now we're going to hop over to Matthew 9. I think this is amazing that this is Matthew 9, verse 27. This is 27 through 30. And uh, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And long story short, they get healed. But they identified him as the Son of David. The blind men identified him as the Son of David. Matthew 12, verse 3. This is when the Pharisees are saying, hey, what are you guys doing uh, eaten grain and Jesus refers back to David Jesus said but he said to them have you not read what David did when he was hungry he and those who were with him and they're arguing about the Sabbath and stuff And Jesus eventually says that the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath so Jesus is referring back to David the blind men are calling him the son of David the genealogies are saying that Jesus is the son of David Jesus opens the scroll the son of David the offspring of David One of the last verses in the Bible. Jesus being the offspring of David. David died 3,000 years before 2030. Next, number 10 on my list here. I've got about 30 points. Matthew 12, verse 23. What do we have here? And this is... Oh, yeah. I'll read the verse before it. Then one who was brought to him, who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute, and he healed him. So that the blind, mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? So everybody is saying, is he the the one? Is he the Christ? Is he the Messiah? Messiah meaning anointed one? Is he the chosen one? That we already understand the Messiah is supposed to come from the line of David? I mean, this guy just healed a demon-possessed, blind, and mute man I mean maybe he's the guy next point number 11 Matthew 15 this is when a Gentile comes to him and she shows her faith she says um, have mercy on me O Lord son of David my daughter is severely demon-possessed and they have an exchange but eventually he heals her daughter and she comes to him and says, "Have mercy on me, O Lord, Son of David. This is the Gentile woman." So the blind are saying he's a son of David. The Gentile woman is saying he's a son of David. The people in the crowds are saying, "Is this the son of David?" The the theme keeps on escalating here at, through the scripture. I've read all these things with with Son of David, but like now it's like putting it together. Like this is this is a big deal. Here's Matthew twenty. And you know me, I like my numbers. Matthew 20, 30. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, Lord, Son of David. And of course, uh, the multitude warned them that they should be quiet, but they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David another account of blind men being healed and the blind guy saying, Jesus is the son of David. The theme keeps on building and building. And of course, it's in chapter 20, verse 30. My 13th point, Matthew 21, verse 9. This is uh, the triumph of entry. The ones that uh, were waiting for the Messiah. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Later on down in in verse 15, but when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were indignant. They were angry because they didn't want people to believe in Jesus the Messiah. But these people were saying Hosanna to the Son of David. These people at this moment understood. Or at least that's what the text uh, seems to describe here. So, 3,000 years from the death of David, will Israel be saying Hosanna to the Son of David, Jesus the Messiah, who comes? Will they be saying that? A perfect 3,000 years after David's death and a perfect 2,000 years after Jesus' death? I think so. Matthew 22. Now, I'm talking about the second coming right now, but rapture seven seven years before that. Which could be now. We don't know exactly, but I'm just giving us a, a foundational prof- prophetic outline here to help us understand the time. Matthew 22. This is my 13th point, And we are going into verse 41 through 46. This is... Uh, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, what do you think about the Christ? And Again, Christ means anointed one. Whose son is he? So this is Jesus asking the Pharisees, whose son is he? Jesus is saying this. Whose son is the Christ, the chosen one, the Messiah, the Daniel 9? The guy that was predicted back in Daniel 9. And they said to him, well, it's the son of David, of course. Everybody knows that. Everybody and their uncle knows that uh, the Messiah was going to come from the line of David. He said to them, How then does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make you, your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word From from that day on. Did anyone dare question him anymore? The Pharisees knew that the Messiah was going to come and be the son of David. The blind man recognized him. The Gentile woman recognized him. The genealogy recognized him as the son of David. Point number 14. We're hopping over to the book of Mark now. And we're going to continue on in this identity of David and Christ and the connections here and wrap this all together. So, Mark 11 verse 10 this is the triumphal entry and this is what mark says it's slightly different than matthew but it's the same kind of context hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord blessed is the kingdom of our father david that comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest so blessed is the kingdom of our father david and we'll read that in a second, but in 2 Samuel chapter 7, God's covenant with David, he, he promises him an everlasting kingdom through his seed. And so here they are saying, Blessed is the kingdom of our father, David. Again, this is at the triumphal entry. Just a little bit different words in, in Mark there, so we wanted to read that. Mark 12 is our 16th point. Mark 12, verse 35 through 37. And we've got... Uh, A very similar it's the same story of the Pharisees and this is when Jesus answered and said well he taught in the temple how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the Son of God and it's the same story there the Lord said to my Lord sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool again he's he's quoting Psalm 110 as as David knew that uh, the Messiah would come from his line next point Luke we're going to go hop over to Luke now. Luke chapter 1, verse 27 through 32. This is when the angel came to Joseph or to Mary. Which one is this? To a virgin. Okay, I'll just read from 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Yeah, that's right. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greetings this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So the throne of his father, David, his kingdom, there will be no end. Again, we got this David connection, the kingdom of David, the throne of David, the identity of Jesus being the son of David, who died Approximately 3,000 years before 2030. And approximately 1,000 years before the death of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. The math is beautiful. The math is perfect. Luke 1, verse 69. Moving on. This is Zacharias, the prophecy of Zacharias. Zacharias was mute for a while. But when he opens his mouth and starts talking, this is what it says. Luke 1 verse 67 Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying Blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So the Holy Spirit inspired Zacharias to proclaim that salvation has come out of the house of David who died 3,000 years before 2030. Being repetitious, so we just really get this sunk in our minds here. So, and that was a Holy Spirit prophecy, right there. There's more to that, but we'll continue on here. Look two verse 4. Where are we? Yeah, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage. David if we hop down to Luke 2 verse 11 for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is called the Lord so Jesus Christ was born in the city of David he was the son of David he was promised the throne of David in Luke chapter 1 amazing you guys understand all the little parallels and connections here I think you're starting to see it I think it's really really neat like everything came through David and Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies of David He's born in the same city right here Okay, so we're gonna go bounce over to point number 20. This is Luke three thirty-one. This is just simply showing that The, the genealogy of Jesus Christ comes from the son of David 331 Point number 21, Luke 6, verse 3. And that is, we, we said this story before, but we'll say it again. Jesus ref, referenced David when the uh, Pharisees were saying, what are you guys doing eating, plucking heads of grain on a Sabbath? What are, what are you guys doing? And he, and he reminded them of the story of David. So Jesus was doing what David was doing. Perfect. Just fulfilling scripture. In so many different ways. Being born in the same city, doing the same thing that David did. Perfect. Pharisees. It's not fair, you see. They don't see. They didn't see. It's not fair, you see. They don't see. You can make a rap song out of that. Okay. Luke 18, verse 35 through 42. This is another uh, sighting of a blind man receiving sight and the theme here this man cried out saying jesus son of david have mercy on me then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet but he cried out all the more son of david have mercy on me and of course he was healed isn't that something perfect all these blind guys saying that he's a son of david being healed just perfect just perfect Next point, we're going over to Luke 20, verse 41 through 44. And this is, again, the same argument again with the Pharisees, just the retelling of the story. And he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is the son of David? Now David himself said in the book of Psalms, which is Psalm 110, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool. Therefore David calls him Lord. How is he then his son? So anyway, there you go. Just keeps on hammering these points of Jesus being the son of David. Our 24th point, we're going over to the book of John. John chapter 7. Okay... John seven 42. I'll read a few verses before that therefore many from the crowd when they heard this saying said truly this is the prophet others said this is the Christ but some said will the Christ come out of Galilee verse 42 has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was well Micah Five verse 2 is confirmation of this and it says but you Bethlehem Ephrathah though you are a little among the thousands of Judah yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler of Israel whose goings forth are from old from everlasting so there we go we've got a confirmation through Micah 5 to, for him to come from Bethlehem and from the seed of David we know Daniel 9 is a prophecy of Jesus as well Acts 1 we're going to hop over to Acts now we're going to bounce around a little bit more now Acts that was actually especially Acts number chapter 2 but this is my 25th point Acts 1 verse 16 and Men and brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. So, the the betrayal of Judas was prophesied in Psalm 41, verse 9, and it says, Even my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. So, there's a a Psalm basically written by David as a prophecy of Judas. This prophecy was probably well, it was written at some point in David's life, so around 1,000 years before Jesus died, or I guess uh, a little bit more than a thousand years when this was written. But a prophecy, of, nonetheless, of Jesus. Okay, so Acts, this is point number 26, and this is a really big big point here so in Acts chapter 2 we've got um, it says the day of Pentecost in chapter 2 we know that story but what happens here is we have Peter clarifying everything and he clarifies it all in about 10 verses and so we'll bounce around here so Acts 2 verse 25 For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David. That he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day therefore being a prophet and knowing that god has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body according to the flesh he would raise up the christ to sit on this throne he foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of christ that his soul was not left in hades nor did his flesh see corruption this jesus god had has raised up of which we are and all these these 10 verses was basically Peter summing up the whole story. Jesus was the seed of David. Jesus came from the seed of David, the line of David. And you crew you guys crucified him. That's that's the summary in a nutshell. And Acts 2 is quoting Psalm 132 verse 11, so we'll we'll, we'll show you that. Um the Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. In other words, your offspring of your body. And that also brings us to 2 Samuel chapter 7. It also brings us to Psalm 110. One second. Let me go to Psalm 110. Since we're in the Psalms right now, before I bounce around. I'm flipping pretty good here. I don't want to jinx it here, but I'm flipping through the Bible pretty quick. Nothing saved here. Okay, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Oh yeah, I've already said that many times. Okay, let's go to 2 Samuel. Here's here's the clincher here. Here's the big one. So don't miss this. 2 Samuel, this is when God, God made a covenant with David through his seed. First, we're talking about uh, Solomon, but then eventually he he reverts to talk about Jesus Christ. And uh, so 7 through 17, 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 17. And when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you. So this is God talking to David who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. And if he commits iniquity, I shall chastise him with the rod of men and with the blows of my, the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne should be established forever. According to all these words, and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Yes. Okay, so Nathan spoke this to David. This is God's covenant with David. uh, A promise that his throne will go on forever and the Messiah will come to his seed. It's that 2 Samuel chapter 7. But this is what Acts 2 is clarifying. And um, we have further evidence of this. This is sort of the same point. Acts is clarifying even more in Acts 13. And man, there's a lot to read here. And this is basically Paul. Um, we'll go to verse 22. We're talking about David here. He's giving a bit of a, a very a quick overview of everything. We're talking about David here in verse 22 of Acts 13. And when he had removed him, he raised up from them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a savior, Jesus. Uh, there's a lot here that we could read. Uh, but we'll, we'll skip it for now. But again, just confirming that Jesus is coming from this man's seed. Whose seed? David's seed. And we can hop over to Isaiah 55, verse 3, which basically echoes this. Let's go over there. Isaiah 55, verse 3. This is a pretty fun study. I really enjoyed this one. Isaiah 55, verse 3, Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. An everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. So in a nutshell, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 13 is a really good, and we could have just done a video just on that, Acts 2 and Acts 3, maybe it, 13, maybe I will, but both these chapters, Acts chapter 2 and Acts 13, are really confirming Jesus is the seed of David, which was an everlasting covenant with God and David and, and Jesus basically came to fulfill all that. So, Acts 15, this is James and he's saying this, after this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen down, I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord even all the gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord who does all these things okay this is the next point oh amos 9 actually and so that was a reference to amos 9 11 through 12 talking about the tabernacle of david and so my my guess here is it's talking about the everlasting uh, you know kingdom through david and Amos 9 and 11 is talking about that as well. Amos 9, 11 and 12. So we got three more points here. So this would be 28. So if we go to Romans 1. This is just bringing, this is Paul just talking about stuff. And he's bringing up concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David. So Paul is reminding us that Jesus comes from the seed of David. The seed of David. Perfect. It's it's just it's everywhere. It's all over the Bible. Romans eleven. I think this was so fascinating. This is point number twenty nine. And what then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it. So there's a there's a separation between Israel and the elect in this verse. In this particular context, at this particular verse, Israel is not the elect. We did a video on that. But in this particular situation, the elect. the ones that understand it so I'll read it again what then Israel has not obtained what it seeks but the elect have obtained it and the rest were blinded blinded doesn't that sound familiar a bunch of blind guys were identifying Jesus as the son of David but in this context we've got a blindness in part just as it is just as it is written God has given them a spirit of stupor eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear to this very day and David David says let their table become a snare and a trap a stumbling block and a recompense to them let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their back always I say then have they stumbled that they should fall certainly not but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy salvation has come to the Gentiles if we hop over to verse 25 of that chapter. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery. At least you should be wise in your own opinion. That blindness, in part, has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. I think that's perfect how it ties in with the, with all these blind guys calling Jesus the son of David. And um, so, 2 Timothy as our last point. This is point 30. And let's go find it. 2 Timothy. Where are you? 2 Timothy. There it is. 2 Timothy 2 verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. For which I suffer trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. So to summarize it all up, Again, I wanted to hit home that other point here of the uh, many accounts of blind people saying, Son of David, heal us. And Jesus healed a lot of blind people. And then in Romans 11, we have blindness in part to Israel until the Gentiles come in. So right now, Israel is blind. Now, at the second coming, well, they'll be saying, Hosanna, Son of David. Will they be calling Jesus Messiah, the Son of David? Will the blinders come off, twenty thirty 2030 or twenty thirty one or however this is going to work? I think that this is all awesome. I think it's awesome. Every single person in the New Testament looked at King David as the guy. They all knew who King David was. The Pharisees understood that it was the Messiah was going to be the Son of David. The blind guys knew it was a son of David. The Gentile woman knew it was a son of David. The genealogies express the importance of David being king. Luke mentions David. Matthew mentions David. Mark mentions David. John mentions David. The book of Acts clarifies that Jesus comes from the seed of David. 2 Samuel chapter 7 is God's covenant with David, the everlasting covenant with David. Psalm 132 verse 11 is the promise of the offspring of David. It's David, 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 And David just so happened to die 1,000 years before 30 AD. 3,000 years before our potential second coming. So do I think Jesus is coming? Oh yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. God is a perfect God. He's a God of Perfection. The math, it will always be perfect. Our interpretations will be flawed, but the math is going to be perfect. So this is going to be another statement of mine. Whatever year we're in is the year we're in, in terms of the Hebrew calendar. But it is of my opinion that we are going to be raptured in the year 5993 or five nine nine four. Seven years before year 6,000 in God's calendar. I I can't see it being any other way. And I think we're there. I think we're in that time zone. So I'm going to be certainly bringing up this King David thing a lot more. I encourage you to study a lot of the the King David uh, historical events. There's so much there we can talk about. But the big hammer point here is... I said it probably 15 times. King David died 3,000 years before the potential second coming and 1,000 years before Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one, prophesied in Dana 9, died on the cross. What must you do to be saved? Pick Jesus. Pick Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one, the son of God, the son of David, the seed of David, for your salvation. Romans 10, 9-13. I read that. John 3, 16, so many verses that you can read to enter into relationship with him. And if you're tight with Christ, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we'll be seeing you in the clouds. We'll be getting out of here al pronto, man. Let's get out of here as soon as possible. Getting tired down here. want to turn like a bird and fly, okay? Anyway, love you guys very much. And uh, go Jesus go.